Hello, and welcome to a new series of Belgrade Theatre podcasts. In January 2020, the Belgrade Theatre will be hosting the world premiere of Janice Oko's The Gift, an original comedy drama inspired by the real-life story of Sarah Bonetta Davis, a West African girl adopted by Queen Victoria. Over the next few weeks, I'll be taking you behind the scenes of the show and introducing you to some of the people involved in bringing it to life on stage. To start things off, I'm joined by two of its key creatives. Could I ask you both to start by introducing yourselves? My name is Janice Oko and I'm the writer of the play. Hi, I'm Dawn Walton. I'm the director of the play. So the play is inspired by the life of a real person, Sarah Bonetta Davis. Can I ask you to say a little bit about how you found out about her story, first of all? Um, This journey with this play started back in 2015 with a movement that I started uh, called Revolution Mix uh, with uh, Eclipse Theatre Company. And that movement was about gathering black writers from across the UK and inviting them to develop a body of work that addressed the sort of missing British stories. The thesis being that the missing British stories are all black. And we spent a considerable amount of time looking at those stories with a jumping off point of 500 plus years of black British history. So that was the starting point. And Sarah was one of the many, many, many stories that we found and Janice picked up on Sarah Bonetta quite quickly. Yeah, so she jumped out at me because as a child, I'd always heard of Queen Victoria having a black godchild, so this sort of thing that was going around. And so when Sarah Bonetta came up, you know, when we were looking through all the 500 years of history, she just jumped out at me and I was like, oh, that's who I'd heard of. So uh, it was about um, really reading about her, learning about her and her world and who actually was the god child, which was her child. She was the god child, Sarah Bonetta's child of Queen Victoria. But, you know, everything has kind of been fudged over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, on that note, I wondered how easy it was to find all the information you needed about her and were there any kind of challenges when you were doing the research? Yep, there were a lot of challenges. Um, we had, uh, initially, I looked up Queen Victoria's diaries. She writes about a couple of meetings with her, but there's not much there. But as you know, they were censored by her daughter, Princess Beatrice. There's a book about her, so I had one book in that. And um, later on, just as the process went along, I found another book written by a Nigerian historian about uh, Sarah Bonetta's husband. And that had a lot more about her life in Nigeria and just other aspects of it. And there's also an essay by a historian called um, Brisi. I just know her surname is Brisi. Cool. It's also not just about her. This is one of the things that's really interesting. So you've also got this other section that's set in the present day as well so why was it important to you to bring these two stories together? I think it's important to say that really it's not a biography in any way of Sarah Bonetta it's Sarah Bonetta is such an extraordinary story but there is very little information about her life and uh, our experience is such that when there is so little there's an awful lot more to to be explored thematically we were interested in the notion of someone being adopted um 
gifted in a sense um and we knew that sarah the real sarah bonetta was actually adopted out to sort of um, foster parents so queen victoria didn't really bring her up in that sense because as i say she was a gift if you like so one the idea of gifting somebody to the idea of sort of cross-cultural adoption was really an interesting theme that janice really wanted to explore and i was equally interested to see how that works so immediately you've got a real situation of somebody who's sort of been cross-culturally adopted you have a similar situation in the second half that really really explodes that idea um, and then we have a conversation therefore that's not only just about the notion of adoption but the notion of culture and what culture is in a race setting how that how those things are accepted what is perceived to be a particular culture versus what is perceived to be another culture how we appropriate culture and indeed ultimately what it is to be british to be english very specifically yeah. throughout it all there are scenes though, where people are drinking tea which in itself is something of a trope sort of the english drink tea and janice was equally interested in that idea so in every act there is a, a ritual of drinking tea, which is, in a sense, a kind of very big metaphor and a very subtle one of Englishness. So we set up an expectation and then we confound that expectation all the way through. So each act doesn't do what you ever think it's going to do. Thank you, Dawn. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's absolutely true and I was really blown away when, when I sat in on the read-through the other day because I think reading the synopsis I wasn't quite sure how the different parts would hang together but was that did it feel quite natural to you to bring all those things together or were there challenges in making it all fit? Yeah, Act 1 and Act 2 for me came quite quickly and quite mm-hmm, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um, Act 3 and, yeah, and, and how to bring that all together which we got towards uh, the end of the process to be honest I would argue quite cheekily that that Janice knew what Act 3 was. That is true. That Instinctively, is true, she knew, it but it is to have the courage to write it. Yeah, you're right. And that's what it was fascinating working with Janice over these last three years developing this piece because she always knew, I think we did the first read-through, and she didn't even listen to Act 3 because she knew. <laughs> she left before Act 3, which I thought was really wonderful. Uh, it's the first time I've seen a writer do that. She just left because she knew Act 3 wasn't right. Uh, she'd written something, and I think instinctively she absolutely knew what she wanted to write but writers have to find the bravery to really go there and Janice really has yeah I have but it's taking the um, encouragement of Dawn and the dramaturg Ola to really push it and then stand back and push it and stand back and just it's been a really enjoyable process to be honest oh cool I didn't know Ola was involved yes yeah Ola's our dramaturg on this yeah it's also really important to say that this play is funny so you're actually dealing with really difficult issues ideas thoughts switching round on uh, expectations etc but it is so funny so I think the style you should imagine is the style of the comedy of manners it's um, a very traditional piece it has three acts the curtain goes up at the beginning of each act the curtain comes down at the end of each act and whatever you think it's going to be it's not but taking the journey and in dealing with really difficult subject matters race is difficult to talk to for example about in this country you know gender all those things that we kind of have to take on all the protected characteristics that we might discuss today are difficult to discuss but actually Janice has a really brilliant comic timing brilliant comic eye uh, loves a good gag and that's what's really enjoyable about it talking about something really difficult but actually using comedy to power us through it it's a a lot of fun it (laughs) It genuinely is a lot of fun both you know all the acts have their own 
different type of comedy, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you know, so the different, t- each one has a different tone, mm-hmm. but each one is funny. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I love it. I love hearing the actors do it. It's, I'm laughing constantly, which is really embarrassing. Yeah. When I'm hearing the actors, you know, read through it. It's just, I think, I think it's hilarious. And structurally, there's a real challenge. It's like three plays. Yeah, it is it like is. three different plays, but they all hang together rather brilliantly. And there's mm. a great denouement at the end and a surprising and shocking end, which naturally yeah. we won't be spoiling. But that's it. I think they hang together by theme, you know, which is um, been difficult for me to grasp, but I can, you know, it's just not a traditionally structured play. I wanted to pick up on something you said there, actually, because you've talked about the peculiar Britishness of kind of drinking tea and the comedy Mm. of manners, but there's also something in how people in this country deal with or don't deal with race, like as compared with America, where perhaps there's more overt racism, but, you know... I don't know why... Well, yes. There is something very particular about... I I watched a programme years ago that was a a woman did this exercise where she... um, She's been doing this since the 60s. She was an American. She's been doing this through the 60s and she was talking about... It's the exercise where you split the classroom between brown eyes and Mm. blue eyes. And um, she's been doing this exercise all over the world. It sort of explodes the notion of kind of racism or institutional racism and those things that we find sort of tricky to talk about. So she was doing this in America in the 60s. She then brought it over and did it in the UK here. And she just said, the UK was the most peculiar place to do this exercise it applied but the way culturally i guess at its roots the britishness of us means that it's really difficult to explode these kind of things Mm. we can't we can't talk about it but without people just sort of disappearing into their separate corners and i think what's extraordinary about what janice has written and using comedy to do it it does allow us to explode the very particular way that as brits we attempt to talk about these things Great. I mean, I think possibly one of the solutions as well, which we're not doing very well at the moment, is just uh, better education, talking about a history like the Mm. Victorian era and empire Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. like that. I guess that was possibly part of your motivation with the whole Revolution Mix project. It's completely the motivation. There's a very strong movement. I mean, I think once I started Revolution Mix, um, what became very clear was that I wasn't alone in that. It's happening in various other factors. It's happening in dance. It's happening in uh, photography. It's happening in film. It's happening in all over the place. And there's nothing more irritating to me than somebody getting very upset about a person of colour in a costume drama. This is the country of costume <laughs> dramas. Yet we don't really represent the world as it was then. And actually, we're just sort of trying to take some mm. of those things on with these stories. But what's missing it's the it's the missing bit of british history so why would you lose those bits so we're just putting them back putting them back where they belong great yeah i mean picking up on that as well there's something lovely about this is almost like an antidote to all the shows that are kind of romanticizing royalty and the upper class a Mm -hmm. little bit i feel Mm -hmm. like there's i love how queen victoria is dealt with in this it's great so was that something you were consciously speaking to yeah well i wanted you know there's loads of portrayals of queen victoria and i wanted to show a different side to her so i did a lot of reading around her and that you know she's yes she's seen as a benevolent person but she was also i think she's quite financially savvy you know she knows these countries that she has colonized or make a lot of money like from tea from diamonds all sorts of like that and I just think I wanted to portray her more as a um as not what we've seen before because you have to try and find an angle and I liked where I took her and I love 
well, I don't want to give a lot away, but I've just focused on a lot of stuff that I read mm. about her that I didn't know about her. I was really interested to hear that palm oil was already becoming kind of yeah, an export thing. Massive. Then, yeah. It's such a huge thing now. Mm. But yeah, Great. Well, thank you. I mean, I've learned a lot from yeah. it. So, so have I. So <laughs> I feel like I'm a historian, like, you know, all the facts that come out, mm. you know, that I've put in the play and learn from just doing this has been an amazing experience yeah there's a lot yeah i was just going to say did you guys speak to many people that had this experience of adoption kind of in the modern day as well the cross-racial adoption or is that just something when you kind of imagined there's you don't have to imagine it there's Mm. lots of people that have been adopted or fostered or had that experience i've recently done a play with uh, jackie Kay up in scotland Mm. she was very famously um adopted as a baby but it's cross-cultural adoption that we're really talking about and this is the theme interesting that's coming up more and more i think there's a generation of people that had that experience and actually are talking about it in the news this week there was a couple um who wanted to cross-culturally adopt and were told they weren't allowed to do that and actually they were a Sikh couple who were told they should go somewhere else to mm-hmm. go and look for a child because all the children you know and they just won a massive court case of hundred twenty thousand pounds so it is what are we saying with this mm-hmm. how are we talking about living together when something really basic as a, a parenting um, is challenged in this way or the desire to be a parent is challenged in this way so I think it's a really topical debate but it's also something that roots all the way back and if you take the idea of colonialism um, as something that is perceived to be a parental kind of approach to the world and actually the the net result of that parenting and how it's sort of the chickens have come home to roost in lots of ways mm. so it's a, there's so much in this it's a lot but you kind of uh, you learn quite a bit to kind of go off and look up things yourself if you want to afterwards you'll definitely laugh a lot and um, expect to gasp <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes thank you both so much for that that was great fantastic thanks. you're welcome thanks thanks to Dawn and Janice for joining me for this week's episode of our Belgrade Theatre podcast The Gift shows at the Belgrade Theatre from Saturday the 18th until Saturday the 25th of January. Tickets are available to book now at www.belgrade.co.uk.